Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. Okay, in this episode, we will continue our discussion of the power duration relationship. Today, we'll focus on um, something uh, something called the duty cycle and how that affects uh, sustainability and unsustainability. So, just before we get anywhere into this, uh, a duty cycle refers to um, think of it as one repetition. So, think of doing like one back squat, and say it takes you three seconds to perform a back squat and then for some reason uh, the weight gets taken off your back and you rest three seconds and you do another rep. So that total cycle time took you six seconds and three seconds of that was work time and three seconds was rest. So that one total repetition is a duty cycle. And in that example of three seconds of squatting, three seconds of resting, the duty cycle is 50%. So half the time is spent working, half the time is spent resting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Sense to me. Makes sense to me. Um, so I think for most of the discussion, we'll probably talk about it in terms of percentages, likely. Um, we might obviously go back and forth because we always mix stuff up uh, totally uh, on purpose. We don't, we don't ever make mistakes or anything. Um, so the, um, for this episode, though, we're going to be discussing it in terms uh, relative to what's considered or what's called a maximal voluntary contraction. And again, we could just use that back squat example. If you thought, if you talk about what your maximal voluntary uh, concentric contraction is on a back squat, it's the maximum weight you can lift on the back squat. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about it mainly. Uh, for most of the time, we'll be talking about it in terms of an isometric contraction, and specifically with regards to uh, assessing your forearm, uh, yeah, your forearm uh, flexors. So your hand grip, you can think of that. So the example we're going to use. Um, because we want to try to make something uh, really simple because it e- again it's even confusing for us to talk amongst each other with this um, so I feel like it would be extremely confusing for people listening so the example we're going to use today is imagine your hand your arm is laying on a table and your hand is gripping um, some type of device in which you squeeze and close your f- you close your hands into a fist and it can measure the force output um, but actually, in the example they're using, I don't, I don't believe the actual handles move. It's pretty much just a stationary contraction. And you just squeeze as hard as you can. So you're kind of like trying to make a fist. Uh, and as you're doing this, these uh, these sensors are measuring how much force you're outputting. And a maximal voluntary contraction in that scenario is you squeezing as hard as you absolutely can, and you get some some force or some score in terms of uh, uh, newtons or whatever. Um, we will post uh, a picture to try to make to try to help people go along with this because uh, there's a good little there's a good chart and um, in one of these studies here that that help people help people visualize what we're talking about and it's a chart um, and it shows five different or actually six contractions uh, and it shows that how the concept of critical torque uh, makes sense in this um, in this scenario so you can follow along with us. Okay, so um, 
Okay, so once you have that maximal voluntary contraction, so again, the forearm, your arm's laying on a desk, you're squeezing a handle, and let's say you got to, uh, just pick it simple, you got to 100 of something, 100 units of something was your maximum. The research in this area suggests that about at about 15%, give or take a bit, I'm sure, um, I guess that varies per individual, about 15% of that force you achieved for your maximal voluntary contraction uh, so 15% of that is considered all, is usually around the threshold of the critical torque. And the critical torque is a, like it's called a critical neuromuscular fatigue threshold or transition point. So it means that if you're squeezing that hand, uh, that handle or the hand dynamometer continuously, uh, if you're asked to go at basically below 15% of your maximal force, so let's say 14 units of force, you could potentially hold that indefinitely. Um, because what they're suggesting is the muscle will achieve a sustainable metabolic rate in terms of oxygen delivery, extraction, uh, blood flow, metabolic clearance, etc. If you go 16 uh, units of force, so now you're one potentially one unit above um, your critical torque, you will eventually reach a fatigue point uh, to where the point where you're forced to go down below that, that, uh, that 15 units of force. Um, or you just stop altogether. So that, that's what that means. So, but this is based on a 100% duty cycle, that meaning you're continually squeezing the handle throughout. Any comments on that thus far, boys? Yeah, just to, just to clarify that there's, there's no rest phase in that contraction whatsoever. You're literally squeezing the entire time. Yeah, in that example, it's just it's a constant hold. So for some people that may not be able to understand that, just think of it like a wall sit. Or a front bridge, like it's just a it's constant hold. Um, that's the, that's the type of example we're giving here. We're just taught, we're just using a really simple example, which they use in research to try to isolate a lot of stuff. Uh, it's just a forearm. You're just squeezing something. So when we're talking about a uh, a 100% duty cycle, so again, all of the time is being is contraction. So that's also known as isometric. Um, the f the usual sustainability point or the critical torque occurs at about 15%. And again, this is going to vary per person, but just stay with that number for now. Um, and, it, and why this matters is that if you just change this subtly from a 100% duty cycle to a 50% duty cycle, um, you're likely going to now be able to go to probably 30 or 40 units uh, relative to that max. So the 100% duty cycle, you squeezing it nonstop, isometric hold, is about 15%. Now, if you have half the time rest and half the time work, um, the likelihood for sustainability, that line is going to now move up quite a bit. And what that moves up to, I can't tell you, but it's going to move up a lot. And um, we will get a little farther into this in terms of how this relates to fitness, but you just have, you just have to start thinking about that and go, okay, so the fact that me taking little breaks here and there will then affect uh, the sustainability of this movement I'm performing. And anybody that's involved in CrossFit or fitness in general should know that. Anything else? Intro makes sense? Yep. Follow I think along? So. Pretty yep. clear, I think. Pretty clear? Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so where do you want to go next? Do you want to go into the, the handstand discussion right away, or do you want to – is there anything else we need to touch on with that? There's lots of, there's lots of little nuances we can add to that. Did you, did you want to touch on the, um, the idea that – if you're above critical torque, 
the entire thing is not unsustainable, but just the percentage that you're over there. Okay, we should go through the chart then. Yeah. Okay, so um, how would you want to describe that to someone as one of these bars? Like again, we'll post this with the uh, we'll post this on in- Instagram and Facebook and whatever, so you guys can see a picture of it. Um, but it's just these bars, right? It's an X Y axis, um, and on the Y axis is just torque in terms of so force in Newton meters, and uh, on the X axis is just time. Okay, so it just has a little collection of bars. Um, and this, and this for, in this example here, it's uh, three seconds of work and two seconds of rest. Um, but you don't need to worry about that. It just looks like these. It looks like uh, six bars just going across the x-axis. And um, again, you just think of these bars as whatever height you want to. But in the picture, um, which or the graph, uh, it just shows it shows the line of what's considered to be the critical torque. So in the example I gave you, if we just if we just circle back and just go to, let's just say we're um, we're at fifty percent duty cycle here. So we're doing three seconds of work, three seconds of rest of a forearm contraction. If we said that that now moves the sustainability um, of that, uh, if, if we move if we move it up to like let's just pick a number, fifty percent. So if we know that your maximal voluntary contraction is a hundred units, now we're saying that. Um, in this cycle of 30, three seconds work, three seconds rest, the new critical torque is now 50 units. That's what this, that's what this means by having work rest and how this affects this scenario. But in this, in this graph, which we'll show you, is that um, let's just say now you're in this same scenario, three seconds work, three seconds rest, but we're asking you to perform 75 uh, units of work. So, uh, which the graph, it does a good job of showing, just visualizing, is that Knowing that the critical torque in this scenario is 50 units and we're asking you to perform 75 units of work per contraction, only 25 units of that contraction is unsustainable. That's, that's the way you need to think of this. So 50 percent or sorry 50 units of each of those of each of those contractions is sustainable. The 25 above is unsustainable and you're drawing from this resource referred to as the W prime. And there's uh, actually with the example they use to test this um, to try to establish these numbers is they use a five-minute intermittent test, and it's it is with this forearm. Um, they use it with with, a, with this little forearm dynamometer. So what you would do is you'd squeeze the handle as hard as you can for three seconds. You'd rest for two seconds, and you'd repeat that for five minutes straight. So sixty total uh, cycles or 60, 60 total contractions. So they would measure, they would, they would be able to establish what the critical torque is in that scenario, and they would also be able to establish what the W prime is in that scenario. And again, the W prime is the amount of work that can be done above critical torque. We will, have, again, we'll have to post a picture so you can just follow along with this little chart, um, but that's just, to, that's just to help you out with this. Uh, and the reason is the re- the reason I mention that is because if we're saying that 25 units of that one contraction is unsustainable, that 25 units is taking away from that total amount of unsustainability you have. Okay, and why this matters is when we get into when we when we we'll, we'll shortly just start talking about CrossFit and stuff. Um, you'll start seeing why this matters. Okay, and the whole point, the whole goal of training would be knowing that if the units required of work is 75 units, the goal is, in terms of CrossFit, is to both somehow reduce the units from 75 down to 74, 73, and to raise the critical torque from 50 to 51 to 52. 
So instead of spending 25 units of unsustainability each contraction, you're spending 24 or 23 or 22 or 21. Or if you're really, really, really good, it might be much lower. Okay. Um, and it's just, I guess we just need, we'll, we'll just, we'll, um, I think we're going to, yeah, we'll use the handstand push up example uh, to try to help you follow along with us. One of the problems with using a handstand push up as an example uh, is we can't tell you what the critical torque is, and no one can. Uh, we also can't tell you what the unsustainability, uh, the, the, the unsustainable amount of work, uh, that being W prime, we can't tell you what that is either. Um, and no one can because you can't do these studies <laughs> that you might be able to eventually. Um, but I don't know how you would uh, do that right now. I'm not sure if you guys have any ideas, but I certainly don't know. That again, that's why they use these hand they use hand dynamometer for a study, maybe a, a bicep, like an elbow flexion, knee extension. They do isolated tasks because they want to be able to measure everything, right? They put EMG readings on. They they measure oxygen um, extraction, oxygen delivery. They in some cases they would measure bl uh, blood vessel diameter. Um, they and they'd also measure EMG. Um, yeah, they measure everything because they're trying to isolate it to one small area. Uh, obviously, you can't you can't do that with CrossFit. So what we what we're trying to do here is trying to take the concept and trying to help someone understand why that makes sense in terms of CrossFit. And, you know, in the long run, it, it might not make total sense, but to uh, to me right now, and I think to us right now, it does make a lot of sense. Okay, so um, yeah, the handstand push-up example. Where do you want to start with that? Of how, of how this concept of, um, of uh, like uh, just talking about the concept of critical torque um, and how much of each repetition is unsustainable and how that would then affect how much work you can perform in a certain amount of time. You know, each, each rep, I think, with a handstand push-up is going to be above critical torque, right? Like we talked about, that. it's yeah. already unsustainable. So like let's just say you could establish what the critical torque is for a handstand push-up, right? So if we just if we just went back and we and we did it at a 100% duty cycle. So let that just so for, for for the sake of this discussion, let's just say you're performing handstand push-ups without stopping whatsoever, and you're doing strict reps, like you're not locking out overhead and holding. You're just constantly moving. And let's just say it works that that same thing where um, when you're in that scenario, you can only function at 15% of your critical of your maximum voluntary contraction. Okay. Um, and just use the example of if, if someone can only perform one handstand push-up, technically you could say that one rep was their maximal voluntary contraction. You probably can't, but I'm just just follow along here. So then you're saying only 15 that 15 percent of that contraction is sustainable, and the seven and the 85 percent is unsustainable. Okay, but the whole point of CrossFit is to make that person as strong as possible, so that obviously they can do more than one rep, and if you wanted to you would load them up and do a strict handstand push-up and hopefully not break their neck and you go wow now they're at like 150 percent of their body weight so um you know if you do that same math it, it then it then changes it then reduces by a large amount how much is unsustainable for each one of those strict handstand push-ups okay because if the handstand push-up was sustainable you wouldn't come off the wall like that's the obvious stuff right you would just stay up there and keep doing reps. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't stop, right? Your limbs would be moving like you're running. It would just be a continual <laughs> movement. Um, but unfortunately, it's not, right? So with that as the caveat, like we just think of that. Continue back with whatever example you were talking about. I can't even remember. It's my 
didn't sleep a lot last night again. <laughs> <laughs> that little eight pound alarm clock is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> um, was I think it, or Dom? Which one are you? No, I just uh, I think it gets confusing. Dom, when you, hey, put your mic up. Uh, I think it gets confusing when we talk about uh, the percentage of the contraction that's not sustainable. I think it'd be simpler. With, with a body weight movement, you have to talk. You have to do that with a barbell. You could say, right? You could say shoulder press is what? What's your max shoulder press? Yeah. X. Okay, let's put fifteen percent of that weight on the bar, and now that's considered your critical torque. Right. In that scenario, right? I I know what mm-hmm. you're saying. I'm just saying, as far as the sake of say listening to this, sure, and then trying to understand it, that may sound confusing when you're saying. If you were just to do one set of unbroken handstand push-ups, not mm-hmm. all of the contraction is going to be uh, unsustainable. But you know that you can't do strict handstand push-ups indefinitely. So mm-hmm. it says each rep goes on, it costs more and more to do the rep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than thinking of it as like one, per- like fifteen percent of this contraction is not sustainable. Yeah, I just feel like that's simpler to think of it. Like that. If you were using the example of the 50% duty cycle, three seconds on, three seconds off, and 50 units was sustainable, anything over that costs more. Correct. All right. Just say whatever one. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to. I'm trying to think of a better way to explain it because I just think that. I think, ex- uh, so maybe the parallel is. So are you talking about if you find it confusing? Do you have a pause there? No, it's not okay. pause. I'm just so expanding. So you're saying that, that you find it confusing the example of going okay. So let's just say, um, and we go back to that chart example, right? Of where we go, okay, we've established three seconds of work, three seconds of rest. We know that the person's maximum voluntary contraction is 100. We've established the critical torque occurs around 50 units. Mm-hmm. And now we're asking them to follow that same three seconds on, three seconds off forearm contraction, but we're asking for 75 units of force each time. Mm-hmm. 50 units of that 75 is sustainable, okay? 25 is unsustainable. If the critical torque for that individual occurred at 25 units and we asked for 75 units, 50 units of that contraction would be unsustainable. And assuming these people had the same W prime, okay, so let's just make it a real simple number, 250 units. So if this one person at, that has a critical torque of 50 is performing contractions, they will be able to perform, what did I say, 250? They'd be, they'd be able to perform 10 contractions because they're spending 25 units every contraction. If the person has a critical torque of 25, they're spending 50 units per contraction. They will be able to perform five contractions before they have to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's really what that is. Another exa- another way to think of it, right, is like if we if we were able to establish what your critical power is on the rower, and uh, and let's just say it's 200 watts on the rower. If you're rowing at 201 watts only one of those watts is considered unsustainable but it accumulates okay but the 200 is sustainable okay but if you add if you go to 210 now 10 of those watts per second of work is unsustainable and they're accumulating and that's what i mean by that so if you showed it across the screen you would just go like wow the large majority of this work is sustainable work but a small portion is unsustainable but that small portion accumulates and that small portion eventually ends up per, ends up hitting a maximum, and you're done. And that's the whole underlying part of this is that it's predictable, and it's predictably we can tell you what's going to happen if we're able to measure this stuff. 
That's the interesting part. So it, predictable within within reason, right? Not like exact, but within reason. I mean, so getting to the handstand push-up, that was what I was getting at. Is that unless we give it a value, I think just saying that part of the contraction is okay, is unsustainable. But like fifteen percent of the contraction is sustainable, then it gets confusing. Whereas if you were just to say, so let's just use the example we we discussed earlier with you, right? Twenty. If we took you from five years ago and you're performing one strict handstand push-up compared to now, right? More of the handstand push-up is sustainable right now one strict handstand push-up a larger percentage of that total rep or that total contraction for you is sustainable now because you've become better at the movement you become stronger Mm -hmm. right so i guess that's a way to talk about it so we just call it like maybe you stay you you pretty much probably weigh similar amounts i'm assuming maybe a little yeah just say actually let's let's just say you are i weigh heavier now so like just say you are the same for so we don't have right mix with it uh, so if we just were to take the five minute strict handstand push-up tests, which is something that you give often. Yeah. My value when I first did it was literally three. Three strict handstand push-ups was, in I've been five minutes. Six. No, it was three. <laughs> I looked back because Dutton did five, and I was like, <laughs> I think I did worse than you did. But uh, Matt Brady must feel so bad. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I... Beat by a guy that can only do three? But I think the last time I did <laughs> it, it was 38, right? Yeah. And it's still not... Not great. It's not great, but for my size for and progress, what it was, it's great. it is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, it's a function of your like your your pressing strength has gone up, right? So what you, what Tom is doing is if you if you were able to like just talk about where that line of sustainability is for that one repetition of the handstand push up, his line is increasing, right? And but the thing is, the best in the sport, their line is really high. Like each repetition of a strict handstand pushup for Matt Frazier is a lar- like a much larger percentage of that movement is sustainable compared to Tom when you're talking one rep at a time. A very a much, much larger percentage of that movement is sustainable, which is why he's able to perform so many more than Tom. Right? It sounds like a really stupid, a really simple explanation, but you're like, it's so obvious that maybe you miss it. And you're like, yeah, the reason he can perform more is because a larger percentage of each one of those contractions is sustainable. Well, and also, too, without getting too complicated, the amount of time he's spent, he's spending doing the contraction yeah. is much shorter than Tom. Yeah. Because Tom's arms are much longer than Matt Frazier. Yeah, so, I, got, I got a foot on him, so yeah. almost a foot. Yeah. So then that exactly. plays into it as well, right? So Tom has a longer duty cycle than yeah. Matt Frazier does, which is going to, he's going to either it's going to force him to take longer rest yeah or or he's yeah. just gonna he's gonna even a, even a, out way earlier. yeah even just it's better to, so even we just take an example of that and go okay so how does duty cycle affect sustainability and it's what we just said right so if you go from a 100 percent duty cycle to a 50 percent duty cycle it max massively increases the force production you can have and still be in the sustainable efforts truly sustainable efforts so what that means is like if people are like let's just I, I guess I don't know what, what the best example would be but maybe just think of it like a squat think of it like a clean right you got to do one you have to do one squat clean um, every like every ten seconds right for ten minutes or something and like what's the highest load you can hit right for those ten minutes or something or whatever so as you become better at the movement like just over the years you develop, uh, you become more technically efficient, uh, you learn how to be more consistent with your reps, you might end up performing that movement like maybe the first time you do it, each rep has taken you 2.2 seconds, 
okay, or two seconds. And now, five years later, each repetition is taking you one and a half seconds, okay? That alone, just that change in work rest time is going to change the sustainability of that movement. So what it's usually gonna show up as is you doing what? You're gonna add load to the barbell because you now have room for that, okay? But th like that's that's the very simple, obvious, like, well, they just got stronger. I'm like, yeah, they got stronger, they got better, but they got faster. Like they learned how to do this better. So they're spending less time like, at, like actually producing force, okay? Uh, and if you just stayed at the same weight five years later and did it again, you would know it like if you were able to track your VO2 kinetics and oxygen extraction of the leg, you would notice a much different pattern because of how much more efficient it is on the system to perform it this way. Because you're going to be performing the movement more quickly. And it's the same force, right? It's the same load on the bar. You weigh the same, you're doing it the same. You're just performing it better, okay? So if you look at it like that hand dynamometer example, think of it like being really efficient at squeezing the hand and letting go at the right time. Whereas before, you were really slow at squeezing and you squeezed it too long and you let go longer. So the rest time became impacted. So then the force that is sustainable for you has been impacted and it's worse. So that's where, when people talk about like, or when we talk about being efficient and doing things well, a lot of it comes down to that. Like you wanna make sure you're, you're working in the right times and you're producing force in a productive manner. And you're also resting when you're supposed to be resting and you get the most amount of rest possible, but as a result of being more efficient in the movements, okay? Um, there's lots of little caveats with this, right? If we, I don't know if we want to get into that. We talk about like the frequency of contraction the versus concentric, eccentric, isometric contractions. There's, there's just a lot. There's a lot to discuss. Um, I don't know if you want to discuss that. I think the simpler the better. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't just know if like we want to talk about that because right it now. gets real. We don't talk about that right now because yeah. <laughs> as long as we cover the broad points and yeah. being that we're discussing this for pacing reasons or how to yeah. break up reps, like yeah. I think so, that we are doing that. Yeah. So for again, someone like Tom, Tom use or use just use someone else's example. Um, say some female, she's uh, five foot five, uh, she weighs one hundred and thirty pounds. Her best strict press one hundred pounds. And let's say she knows she knows how to do strict handstand push-ups. She's good at them. Um, and in five minutes, she did a total of ten. Okay, um, it's probably not real because she is maybe a little bit different. But let's say she did ten in five minutes. <laughs> and after five years, now her strict press is 130 pounds, and she still weighs the same. Okay, so she's still 130 pounds. She's probably doing 60 to 70 strict handstand push-ups in that five-minute period. Now, this is not all going to come down to this the, the, this this concept of critical torque because there's it's it's hard to explain it just in that manner because obviously people get better over time and they learn they learn better stuff but uh, and it's mostly just because we can't measure it that's why but you have to understand that what's happening by the fact of this individual becoming stronger is every a, a larger percentage of that one handstand push-up becomes more sustainable for that athlete so then what that the way that functions knowing that you have a finite amount of unsustainable work you can perform in five minutes the math just works better, right? If you're like, wow, I only have 500 units to spend and each contraction costs me 50 units, I'm only getting 10. And you're like, wow, I have 500 units to spend, but each contraction only costs me 10 units now. So now I can spend 50 units in five minutes. Again, that's not how this works, but that's the way I would want you to think about it, okay? As, each, as that repetition gets more and more sustainable uh, as a percentage, you're gonna be able to perform more of them in a given time. Okay, and there's a ton of physiology that goes along to explain that process, 
but we don't need to discuss it. And that's the that's really one of my favorite parts of this is you don't need to discuss that stuff. You can just discuss what we're talking about right now because it encapsulates all of those things. Um, is there any other thing, any other examples you wanted to give? No, I don't think so. I think that was good. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing. Oh yeah, I, I want to read this out just as a to, to make it a, to make it make sense for CrossFitters. So if we're talking about critical torque um, with the forearm dynamometer, uh, a for, like critical torque can be measured, and your unsustainable work, the W prime, can be calculated um, using a forearm dynamometer. Pacing can be prescribed based on mathematical modeling in these scenarios and on how to best achieve your best performance in any given task. So just imagine for some reason at the CrossFit Games they had a forearm dynamometer event <laughs> and you had to perform. Real exciting. <laughs> well, it's just as good as the softball toss. Um, yeah, so imagine they had that event and you had to perform like a million watts of work for time with a forearm dynamometer. The, th- the thing with this is that if you know the critical torque and the W prime of the individual, mathematical modeling can help you understand what's the best way to possibly perform that task. They can, they can do that. However, um, you, can't, you can't assess critical torque with a handstand push-up, uh, and you also can't assess the unsustainable work, the W prime. Um, so it's up to the individual to know yourself. Uh, the W prime expenditure in CrossFit, which means pacing, because it's work rest, becomes a function of ability and, ex- and experience. Um, ability raises your ceiling, so the amount of total work you can perform or your maximum voluntary contraction. And it also raises the critical torque relative to one handstand push-up. Experience tells you how to best navigate these novel scenarios and tasks. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the episode and know someone else that will, please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review wherever you listen. For questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet, send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. We do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future. You can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.